0: Ser Benfica, isto é uma crença.
1: É uma religião muito grande. A é um
0: culto. É que é verdade, que é creio, que é mental, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão, é uma paixão. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de
2: facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É
1: paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica.
2: Até à morte. Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Benfica Podcast. Episode number three hundred and thirty-one is what we're serving up tonight. Uh, my name is Alfredo. Uh, let me go around the room or around the screen, uh, whatever, and uh, introduce everyone. We got a packed house uh, here tonight. Uh, as always, next to me, my companheiro Cristiano Oliveira. These are last Olá, e senhores, senhores. Tudo bem? Welcome to another edition of the Benfica Podcast. And now we have three Canadians uh, on the other side. Uh, So I'll start with uh, Dave de Oliveira. What's happening, Mr. de Oliveira?
0: Nothing much. Good to be back on tonight. Like you said, full house. So uh, it'll be a good episode.
2: Uh, That's right. And also in the great wide north and, and back by popular demand. Steve Santos. What's happening, Mr. Santos?
1: I don't know if Peggy counts for popular demand the whole one person but uh, I'll I'll take it. Nice to be back guys. Nice to When be back. we
2: when we were going around at Foxborough and also in Harrison, people kept asking, "When is Steve coming back?" No joke. I swear I believe to. I, I believe you until Chris says otherwise, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also in and Canada is and this is a, a special guest of uh, of ours. Uh and you probably have have seen his stuff, I've seen his videos uh adrian from rabona tv what's going on buddy hey man thank you so much for having me guys it's an honor to be on here wow man you almost make us feel special You were saying an honor we're just regular guys man
3: <laughs> no but I'm a, I'm a fan i've been listening to the pod a lot more recently so it's uh it's cool to be on here i was uh, excited to get the invite
2: yeah excellent uh so on tonight's podcast we'll talk a little bit about uh dave and his uh and his project uh, rabona tv project adrian. and also his uh tr- tr- i have adrian. no project project, Sorry. Dave.
1: Dave's only project is making sure hamilton stays
2: warm that's all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll be talking about adrian and we'll be talking we'll be talking to adrian about his project his youtube project uh his youtube channel and also his trip uh, to uh, Santa Clara to watch Benfica play Shivas, which is do- he documented in a vlog. Can it be called a vlog?
3: Yeah, I think that's exactly what you would call it. Actually, yeah. I'm hip. Yeah, I'm not, you got I'm, it, man. I'm
2: hip to what the kids are into. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will do that. We'll also look at the Super Cup and Benfica played Sporting this past weekend. And uh, if you have been hiding under a rock. Uh, then you may not know what happened but we'll let you know what happened and we'll look ahead to Passo Fredo, which is uh, Benfica's uh, next game or actually a first game in the Liga NOS that comes up uh this Sunday at Luz. so let's start uh with you Adrian um tell us tell us about this this channel so Rabona TV you got over 81,000 subscribers uh you're from uh the west coast of Canada uh and uh here you are man uh tell us a little bit about uh about the YouTube channel, what kind of subject matter people could find on there? um, How many, how many videos you've published?
3: Yeah. So I started the channel in uh, towards the end of 2016. And I basically just wanted, I was working at another YouTube channel called watch mojo, um, which is based in Montreal. Cause I went to school in Montreal. So when I graduated from school, I just started working there and uh, I loved working in the YouTube industry, but of course I wanted to sort of synthesize my passion for football with, uh, you know, I guess my, skills in if you want to call it that on youtube um and so like i said towards the end of 2016 i just started doing exactly that and i started by covering you know the top five leagues or if you want to call them that but the you know england france italy spain and uh, germany and then i started to branch out more and more and to cover more and more different leagues and uh, i'm starting to get some traction now which is great which is great to see and i'm starting to incorporate benfica as much as i can where I can and uh, build up some interest and a bit of a, you know, benefit to the audience there as well.
2: Yeah. So I've seen a a few series. Do you want to go into specifics as far as what those series are and, and what kind of subject matter people can find on those videos? Cause I noticed you got about 10, 15 minute videos discussing certain uh, subjects. So I actually saw the one that uh, you were talking about, Mino Rayola, the super Mm -hmm. agent. Uh, So if you want to just share that with everyone, that'd be cool.
3: Sure, yeah. So I have a, a journalism background, so I found that the videos I p- enjoy producing the most are uh, the deeper dives into, you know, players' lives or even, like you said, Mino Raiola's life, you know. So I thought I'd give a little shine to an agent who's not the most loved man in the world, but just to show his come up, because I think that there's uh, there's always it's always interesting to see the backgrounds of these players. Like, for example, I did one on, uh, let's say, Paulo Dybala. Uh, plays for Juventus, actually has a Polish background, You know, has Polish grandparents, grew up in Argentina, lost his father at a young age. So it's interesting to know all these details about players and how they've come to be who they are today. Um, so I do a lot of in-depth player bios. I also have a series called Roots of the Rivalry, where I go and I get into the nitty-gritty of why two teams really dislike each other or our rivals what's at the basis of it As a, at a cultural level you know sometimes there's a, a religious aspect if you want to go all the way back that far um, so that kind of thing and then I also just do general explainer videos so some of the ones I've been doing recently is like why you know Gareth Bale isn't working out at Real Madrid or just something like that and I'll go into his relationship with Zidane um, how he doesn't speak Spanish after six years and uh, things like that.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's, I, I've seen those. I swear that there's a lot of YouTube content. But when you get into subject matters and when you go that deep and you really go beyond just the common knowledge or the popular knowledge about certain subge- subjects, I always find that uh, that super interesting, man. So, so good job. And, and uh, everyone just check out Cabona TV is where you can find Adrian's uh, videos and his content matter and also subscribe to his channel. Uh, great stuff on there, man um let's get into uh some more great stuff uh benfica has a super cup win over sporting and well i'll start with you like i always do uh five zero would you and you i i know that you you took to twitter and you asked for a prediction were there any five zero predictions no i did get a couple of skins zero Um but that was but that's that's that skit from
4: that, uh yeah I'm pretty God sure that had a rent. lot to do with it, but no, I did not get get a lot of those crazy uh, predictions. But I uh, was sure as hell glad to see that Benfica came out to play, and I think even the the biggest hardcore Benfica fans around the world were were a little surprised by the result in the final game, uh, such as a Supertaça.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'll go through the eleven. Uh, not much of a surprise as far as the eleven goes. Vlacudim was in goal. Tavares, uh, Diaz, Ferro, Grimaldo. Uh, Gabriel and Florentino, Pizzi on one side, half on the other, RDT behind Seferovic. Uh, nothing nothing new here. I think that this is the, the lineup uh, we predicted. Uh, Steve, I don't know how close you've been following uh, Benfica this preseason, but uh, I think not. Uh, but I guess let's let's start with you. I, everybody knows the, the, the results, and we all know how we got there. But when you look at this game through your eyes – what are some of the good things you're seeing from a tactical standpoint and also some of the things that still need to, to get worked on from Lash's part?
1: Um, okay, so things that need to be worked on by Lash. I'm no expert, but something that I've always found um, since he's taken over what we lacked, but already started with Rui Vitoria. we with, were having difficulty controlling the, the length of the pitch, so – profundidad is what people call it in Portuguese, and a little bit of the width um, seems like there. When we when we're in organized defense, there's a bit too much space between uh, the midfield and the attack, and we're a bit too spread out apart. Um, that's one of the main negative things that I could come uh, across and, and talk about. Uh, came became prevalent a couple times. I think uh, in the second legs between. Uh, what was that German team again? Eintracht and, and the, and the Sporting one. It was both of those games where I was like, well, okay, there, there's an issue there. When you when you don't know how to control a result or control a match without the ball, which is what kind of what they had to do in both of those second legs, and, and they struggled. Uh, things that I really liked in this match and since Rulaj has taken over Uh, defensive and offensive transitions are really, really good. So we lose the ball in the opponent's half with most of our team in in that half because we play pretty attacking. Uh, The way that uh, Florentino and Gabriel basically anticipate where the ball is going to come out, close down the passing lanes and win the ball back, and then just recycle it to one of the one of the guys in between lines again and, and start over and attacking again is tremendous. I mean, uh, if you watch the Sporting game, just the one that just happened now, it seemed like it happened over and over again. Every time Sporting got the ball, they would look for an outlet, but it seemed like Tinu or, or Gabriel was one step ahead of them, and they had both the – the mental capacity to know where to be and the physical capacity to have that burst of pace, that that athleticism to get there and, and, and get the ball first. Incredible. Um, going more recent and completely current in our new signing, Raul Tmaj uh, looks like a, a very interesting player. There's something, there's something weird about maybe just his his touch or, or or like his gait when he's on the ball it looks a little bit awkward but looks like a supremely a supreme intelligent player a player that that knows which spaces to occupy um i know there was a lot of talk and there still is going to be talk because that's basic that's when you lose a player like Joan Felix and a player that seems to complement so well uh, an attacker who likes to stretch the the opposition by running behind them with Seferovic, And you figure that Raul Dutmajic comes to to Benfica with a a very good scoring record and has this, this, I want to say fame or or reputation of being a more fixed nine, that how are these two players that are more or less similar going to coexist? But I think if you watch the game versus Sporting, a lot of those questions are being answered. Uh, uh, RDT or whatever you want to call them comes up on the on the shoulder of the defensive midfielders and off of the center backs really well uh there's a a moment where the the game is early in, this, in the early stages of the game and Benfica who would normally press with both forwards uh, there must have been some sort of coordination from Lage was saying okay if they go to a a back 3 we're going to leave uh, Raul Dutimaj in, in the line of midfielders so that it blocks all access into their midfielders, which would be Brun Fernandes especially. And Raul Dutimaj just seemed to get that click right away and, and was on top of Wendel for most of the for most of the game and didn't allow that ball to come from Coates or from Matthew to that, that area. So it really suffocated Brun Fernandes except for one or two occasions where they got past that first press, they didn't really create too much. Yeah, so.
4: I I agree with you, Steve. I think Roldo Tomás did a tremendous job pressing uh, the opposition. I thought he played well in between the sectors. I'm just like you. There's something about him that I'm not sold on. Maybe, like you said, it's just there's just something I'm like.
1: He looks uh, awkward. He does. I don't man. know. What, he he looks I, awkward. He, he's not elegant, like you. Because you I think from, he's more of a knight. I think he's right. more of
4: like I think he's more of a nine than he is that guy to play behind the striker. That might be the thing. He might be just the guy that gets to the ball, has to be the guy in final and finishes rather than being the guy that's going to be the playmaker. And there's just something about him that doesn't, hasn't sold me on him yet. And I know he played well, right? But it's still, I'm still unsure about. It. And then there's one thing, Steven. I want to mention this to you and, and, and Adrian and, and Dave, you guys, and Alfred, you guys could chime in on this at any time you want. There's something about Benfica spending. 20 million on a 24 year old, that is not a lights out, you know, phenom. That I'm still a little uneasy about. And then I look at the other guy, Vinny. And I know this is we're talking about the Sporting game, but I there's just these two things have stuck in my brain over the last couple of weeks. And then you spend 37 million on, I mean, 37, 17 million on another 24 year old that you don't even know if he's gonna start, how much playing time he's gonna get. And I just those two things, 37 million on two players. 24-year-olds and there's it's maybe making making it a little bit more difficult for me to give you my honest my honest opinion on their ability uh obviously Vinicius hasn't played Raul de Tomás has he played well but there's something about him that's off what do you guys
2: think well we'll we'll go um let's go to Adrian Adrian what uh what, what do you think about uh whole Tomaz in in general and obviously that there's there's something with the monies that are spent, right? Because George Menz is an intermediary of the of the deal, so we don't know how much of that money he's gonna pocket, so on and so forth.
3: But what what are your what are your thoughts on, on Kabul Tumash? Um well I mean first of all, I mean I find it hard to really judge players on the price tag these days because I mean we're seeing crazy numbers going everywhere. So, but I, I do understand the notion that Cristiano is trying to put out there that is Benfica spending 20 million on a player. So that definitely is a bit of a red flag. And you're, and like he said, you'd think that we'd be spending that kind of money on a younger player. So a 24 year old Spanish guy who played at Real Vallecano, it, it, he has a lot to prove right now. But that being said. I have liked what I've seen. I mean, everyone's seen that that clip of him just ending Bruno Fernandes' career over and over and over and over again. Uh, so you can see that he definitely has the skill on the ball. Um, but as far as that killer instinct, we haven't seen it yet. And that could just be that he hasn't had enough time to gel with Seferovic. He hasn't had enough time to gel with the rest of his teammates. But I do have high hopes for him. Um, Vinicius, though, is that's the that's the transfer that, for me, is extremely confusing because we haven't even seen the guy yet. 17 million. I mean, he was, at, what, at Monaco on loan last year yeah. or something He's like that? He was on loan from um, Napoli. Uh-huh. From Napoli? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the one that's – that it's hard to see the sense in that one for me because I feel like I'd rather see one of the guys from the youth team come up than to give time to this Vinicius guy, but he could turn out to be great. Um, and then I'm seeing we're also being linked with other guys like Jonathan David, Canadian. Shout out to him. Um, <laughs> so I think that um, I think that Raul de Tomas will work out with Seferovic. It's going to take time. I feel like Seferovic is always a slow starter. But once he gets that that chemistry with Raul de Tomas, because he does, I mean, I'm not comparing Raul de Tomas to Juan Felix. They are completely different. But I think that he does have... He's a baller, and I think that he can be that guy for Seferovic. I think that can be a very lethal partnership going forward.
2: Dave, what's your what's your take on on seeing uh, him with uh, with Seferovic? You're adored Seferovic.
3: You know, I,
0: like uh, Adrian alluded to, the price tag doesn't bother me because twenty is the new ten, and even the seventeen is the new like seven million. It's just the way uh, the prices go with uh, football these days. Uh, and that's not, like I've said, this isn't a Benfica problem. That's just the the way of the market. But, um, yeah, they they still have need some time to work together. Uh, Seferovic uh, up top there uh, didn't get any goals in this game, but uh, he did create a couple of opportunities and uh, I think was unlucky not to get a, a goal for himself in the match. But uh, so far, so good uh, from what I can see between the both of them.
2: Yeah, so for the for the first half, and and Steve, I don't I don't know if you wanted to add anything else to the tactical uh, to the tactical breakdown, and didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, but uh, you know, from from what I've been able to read, uh, there was uh, there was a high press in the beginning from Benfica, and there was an an adjustment; they dropped the high press to allow the the three center backs to come out and play. Uh, and at that point is when Benfica really gained advantage on this game.
1: Yeah, so. Like I said earlier, game started off with, with um, Paul and, and Seferovic basically pressed, pressing as two in unison. Um, and supposedly, um, Lodge came out in the press conference and said he wasn't sure whether or not they're going to play a back three, but he was pretty sure at some point in time that they would uh, construct play with three. And they had uh, had practiced that with basically stating that okay, Hafa, you're going to watch the right centre-back. Uh, Seferovic, you watch the – the um, not really watch, but impede that they can't play directly in into the midfielders. If they want to play on the outside, fine, but they, they can't play into to, uh, Wendell or Dumbia or even anyone else playing in between the pockets there. Um, and that's what they did, and it, it re-benefits re because at that point, the first – maybe 10 minutes or so sporting seemed to be like looked like they were gonna be able to to come through from the back and then that change came and they never were able to to do anything again. Um sporting I would have to say are quite inferior to us, maybe not in player quality but in terms of ideas and and knowing um Knowing what your trigger points are, when to press, when to when to close spaces, they're they're quite bad. I mean, uh, if you look at a couple of the goals, at least one of them, there's I believe it was Vendo that comes out and, and basically wants to press somebody who has way too much time, which is Florentino. And the moment he comes out, he's got so much time still waiting for him to come to him. He comes out, uh, slides the ball through to to Gabriel, and once Gabriel is again, past that sector facing forward with all the options in front of them, it becomes easier for all of, for all of our interplay to happen. And, that seemed to be a regular occurrence throughout the matches where sporting was just not occupying space. Well, and we were able to create chances. I wouldn't say quite easily, but easily enough.
2: Yeah. no, No, um, Absolutely, and I I thought for for the the first half I thought it was pretty balanced. I, I as a matter of fact, that the Vladimirs had uh, yeah, he had a couple uh, of good saves. Really, really good saves, on uh, I think two of them, or at least uh, on Brun Fernandes. The uh, one
1: play where Bruno Fernandes ends up on the left, or is it the left or the right? And he's like all by himself, and <laughs> Fedor almost scores in his own net oh yeah yeah yeah. if that 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 goes in there and i think it's still 0-0 the game could have been different benfica could have felt a little bit more pressure but when that doesn't go in and and things start to work well for benfica it 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 looked like it was only only going to be one result after the first one went in i thought anyway
2: yeah no absolutely and and rafa was able to get on the the scoreboard pt found him on a back post and he put uh uh, the first goal away, and that was great to take into the locker room after a pretty even uh, half by both Sporting and Benfica. Where Dimush was a guy that w- that stuck out for for his performance. Uh, Benfica goes into the locker room uh, one nothing. I can't say that the the result at that time was uh, unjust, uh, but if they had gone in uh, with the tie, I think that would have been acceptable also uh Bifika comes out for the second half uh took a little longer to to get back on the field I don't know what was going on there I don't know if they were watching a little bit more video uh than uh, and the video ran a little long uh but uh yeah they they were about I would say 3 4 maybe 5 minutes uh past what Sporting uh had come out of the the locker room so in the, the second half was really uh I I guess uh is really a, a barrage. So 2 nothing by Pizzi with uh, Rafa assist in the sixth, 60th minute. 64 3 nothing from the Grimaldo direct free kick. 75th minute, 4-0 Pizzi uh, again from Rafa. And the 82nd minute, Chiquinho. I'm sorry, uh, 80, um, 90th minute, Chiquinho 5 5-0. Uh, the substitutions were Chiquinho for Gabriel, Tarab for Pizzi. And, uh, and the 87th minute, Jota for uh, Har DT. Um I think when I I'll go to I'll ask you guys, but I think when uh, when I look at this game, there's a there's a the story of two halves, but not that very distinct, very balanced half. And, and I think that uh, for the most part, especially in the second half, Benfica was supremely efficient, uh, very cynical. Um, and you oftentimes look at teams that are that are big, especially in in, uh, in big tournaments like uh, national teams. Like Italy, for example, uh, a bunch of years back, Italy didn't really have very much good flow and quality, but there were always a team that if they had a chance, they would put it away, and they were cynical to that point. And you always left uh, left thinking my team played much better, uh, but yet these guys are cynical enough to put their chances away, and they come out dominant. And I think that, albeit Benfica was very dominant in the second half, Benfica was efficient and cynical. Uh, Adrian. What did you think of of the game overall in the second half and and what were some of the things that stuck out for you
3: Well like you guys said the uh the first half was pretty even but it was nice to get that lead going in at halftime but um the second half I was super happy with us going forward but I did have a couple of concerns uh defensively um I I feel like against a better team we may have been punished just from our fullbacks getting caught up the field a little too often I feel like they sort of smelled the blood in the water and Nuno Tavares and Grimaldo were flying up the field. And there was a couple of times where you know sporting broke and they had maybe a, a three-on-three type of situation, but luckily we recovered. But um other than that, I liked how ruthless we were with our opportunities. Um and uh I mean maybe the occasion got to Ferru a little bit. It's it is the super Tassa, not the biggest cup that you want to go for at the start of the season, but it's still it's it's something you want to win, and maybe that was uh there's a bit of nerves in the back line, but uh, overall I was happy with the performance.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, that Tavares on that uh, on the right hand side and, and sporting targeted him early on. As a matter of fact, the first dangerous opportunity from Sporting comes from somebody getting behind the Tavares. But you also the thing that you gotta that you gotta understand is that uh, not only is was Tavares caught upfield pizzi doesn't do a very good job of tracking back so usually one when, when the wing back is is up front that midfielder tends to stay a little bit at home and to to cover and he had no help from pizzi whatsoever so he was caught out a few times and sporting did target that uh, right hand side but i thought overall there's there's not much to uh to say about uh benfica's performance uh in this game steve
1: no uh it was a good performance. I, I would like an opportunity to talk about Hafe and how. Go ahead. He's, he's become such an integral part of this team. Um, the way he now is finally scoring is one thing, but the way he allows us to, when we win the ball, break that first line of pressure because he's just so quick. He's got the short dribble that once he gets past the first guy, the rocket comes on and it's very hard for the 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 team who's trying to recover and 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 implement their defensive transition to to react because he's just so quick and now that his decision making is getting better i i I find that the, the player that we got from braga has evolved quite a bit the the ball is being released at the right time to the right player uh in the final third more often than not the decision is better the touch is better i mean He's finally living up to that hype or price tag that we felt was probably a weight on his shoulders in his first year, where now it's he's just a very comfortable player. He he, he seems comfortable in his own skin, comfortable in the jersey. And right now, and I know Chris says, has been saying it for the past year or so, he is one of, if not our most dangerous, our one of our most dangerous players. I think now with, with Felix gone, it's pretty safe to say that he's our most dangerous player. He's the one that, that can create that mismatch from next to nothing because of that pace, because of his first touch is always thinking, okay, how can I turn in face goal? It's very rarely. How can I lay it back and, and re, like recuperate or build play properly? It's always that spin around and, and let's get at them. And I think that's the way, it. the way that Laj likes to play. I mean, if you want to compare or, or, be extremists and say Klopp versus Pep. Klopp is a lot more, I mean, Lodge is a lot more Klopp than he is Pep. He's a little bit less about possession and, and um, patience and a lot more about incisiveness and, and being direct. And, and
2: the counter press also. And,
1: and the counter press with, with Tinu and, and, uh, and Gabriel, you really see that. And I think is striving off of that because he's playing, remember how when we said, oh, when teams sit deep and there's less space half always struggles now it looks like benfica almost wants to invite teams to come at them a little bit so that they could start that play from a bit deeper and half is reveling i mean he, he's been since lodge has taken over he's been like chris likes to say lights out
2: chris how did you uh how did you feel this game and and did any of your Lagarto friends uh lose your number for a couple of days
4: um, I, I, to be brutally honest, I, uh, you didn't watch the game. I haven't spoken to, uh, <laughs> I haven't spoken to any Lagarto. to be brutally honest with you. They, uh, Are you staying away. They're staying away. They're honestly. hiding under
1: a rock.
2: Yeah.
4: It's kind of one of those, see friends of mine, we have this mutual understanding of one another that I don't have to call you. And if I was to get spanked five, zero, they don't have to call me because I know that you know that they're thinking of me and i know what they're thinking of me so it kind of goes the other way now when i spanked them five zero they know what i'm thinking they know that i don't have to call them they know what's coming so uh you that, don't you don't have a need to rub it in their faces no, they, they know i'm rubbing it in uh <laughs> without just me, they, they know i'm just sitting in my house just smiling every day sipping on a some cognac yes just sipping on some cognac smoking a cigar and enjoying the moment and uh uh, they know, they know that I'm, you know, super excited. But then again, Benfica had the obligation of winning this game. We all know um, that Benfica has, uh, you know, had this team together, the core of this team together for the last four or five years. That's helped out a lot. Sporting is going through a lot of uh, instability in the club, and. Um, it was good to see Benfica come out in a dominant performance. Um, you know, Sporting could have gotten on the score sheet as well, but Benfica did everything they had to do. Rafa is just a magnificent player. The guy's at a whole another level. Uh, the difference between him and two seasons ago is that, as Steve mentioned, not just his final ball. I think it's the fact that he's putting him away now. Um, he's finishing. His finishing is still... Not up to par from, you know, to where a player of his ability should be. But the fact that he's putting away a couple more opportunities, it just makes him look like a tremendously different player. Um, and it's very exciting to see him play. Uh, so uh, it's fun to watch this Benfica play. It's fun to watch these guys play under Bruno Lage, as we've mentioned here on the podcast, numerous amounts of time that he gives these players the confidence and you could tell everyone enjoys playing for him. So it, it's, it's you know, tons of fun to watch this team play right now. And especially when you're playing against, you know, your bitter rivals and you're spanking them in such a manner that we did. It's, it's phenomenal to watch as a big
2: Dave, how did you live it? And you may as well give us some some numbers also that you uh, that you came up with.
0: Yeah, how I lived it. I think I was—I uh, fell asleep there, like Sporting did for a little bit of the the game. But then the goals started coming fast and furious and uh, woke me right up. But uh, yeah, five nothing against one of our major rivals is always good. Uh, Scoreline, to, especially to start off the season. What I'm lo- really looking forward to see is how Benfica is going to do with this season. Because last year we broke the hundred goal mark, and that was just with Bruno Lage playing or being in charge half the season it's going to see well, what are our goals totals for the complete season with Bruno Lage in charge are we going to break 125 150 like that's what i'm looking forward to see uh this upcoming season uh and Bruno Lage also uh, mentioned it in his post uh, press conference that uh, he mentioned the champions league so i know in pa- years past that we've kind of put that uh, tournament to the side and haven't really focused on it so i want to see what Bruno Lage uh, comes out uh, the Champions League what type of lineup and players he uh, comes out with. Uh, in terms of stats for the match, uh, this was the biggest um, margin of win uh, in the Supertaça since 1996, uh, where we were on the uh, wrong end of the uh, defeat, five uh, nothing against uh, Porto on that evening. Uh, and then uh, not since March 1986, have uh, we been sporting five uh, nothing as well?
4: And look, my, it's exciting uh, and it's beautiful to see Benfica win a game 5-0. But this right now, it, it means nothing. I mean, if you go back just four seasons ago when when Rui Vittorio was first in charge of Benfica and J.J. went the other way, they spanked us 3-0 three n- three n- in a Supertase as well. And then we wound up winning the Campeonato that year. So it, it's good to see Benfica start off their season, their official games on, on the right foot. Um, and But at the end of the day, it, it's about... To start for real this weekend against Paz yeah. Ferreira, and that's what it's about.
2: And and you I was gonna ask you a question related to that. We're five years removed from that three nothing win, uh, the first game five of four. three three nothing. Five is four? I think it's four 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 or, or whatever, five. Who cares? Yeah. Um, or, Dave, will look it up. Dave, will look it up. Removed or, from that three nothing uh, win uh, that was uh, officially JJ's first game in charge of Sporting, uh-huh. uh, and at the time there was a lot of. Uh, undertones right to to the whole yeah, subject and, and storylines uh jj is now left what's going to be players, what's going to become of fourth. us yeah, exactly yeah. uh you know uh shouting matches
4: and, and, at the bus and, and let me add to that all that bs going back and forth between he said she said i think a lot of that had to do with the result in that game because we know benfica played in a 4 for six years under jj and then he says they should keep a montada kill got exactly how and, to to then, and, and then and then, and then uh, Professor Ginastica went in there and switched it to a 4-3-3 for that one game, and this got spanked for, uh, 3-0, and it kind of changed the, the, the you know the perspective at the moment, but you're right, mind games had an effect in our coach at the time, in his ability to, to form and put out the best team, put out the best tactical analysis on his point, and it played a role if I don't know if that's where you were going I like to interrupt you you know me I talk all the time but it's just
2: uh no I, it, I thought that's where you were going but it did it, it the off off the field stuff had a role in the game no but what I wanted to ask you is that uh when you when you look at the game back then in the undertones and now you look at the game the way it is uh right and you see such a um albeit not Extremely dominant by Benfica, but something that leaves there leaves no shadow of the doubt who the best team is right now was in this game. What kind of message do you think that sends not only to our direct opponents, but also to the rest
4: of the league? It's just a scary thing. I mean, when your opponent doesn't play up to the best of their abilities and they still find a way to spank you five nil. Um, and there's questions by fans and, and even by their own coaching staff that they could have played a better game. It's I mean, it's a nightmare for you. And it's something that you're going to lose a lot of sleep uh, going forward, especially if this team starts to click. The one difference on the Brunelage and, and, and you know the previous coaching staff is this team might not dominate possession like, like they did in years past on the JJ, for example. Right. But the one difference that they're the one thing they're doing now is they're efficient. They're putting away a lot more of their of their uh, chances, their their opportunities in front of goal. And, and and look, man, when when the team starts doing that, even though they're not playing to the best of their abilities, it's a very scary sight. And so as a Benfica, I'm, I'm extremely excited. And uh, I, I think it's only going to get better um, going forward with the additions of, you know, Vinicius. What kind of player is he? Raul Utmaz, he's only going to get more comfortable. Uh, my man, Adel Tarap, I still think he's going to have Steve my boy i still think he's gonna have uh he's gonna have a say in this company going forward there's just so much talent right now that benfica has um and i think all these players are gonna add man and it's once they all start clicking and gelling it's gonna be a beautiful sight
2: yeah but one of the things that i that i often said here during the rui Vitória years it, it it seemed like every team that played us they didn't have the respect and if it was something that uh that Uh, Elijah mentioned as his post-game presser was that we want teams to fear us. Well, you and I talked about this
4: because we're a tad bit older than Steve and and Dave and everyone else has been on a podcast with us over the years. We remember the Benfica that was... You know that abusive Benfica when they played in a, they <laughs> abusive. Went abusive when they played when they played, it so harsh. when they played when they played the Tasa <laughs> Portugal against the Minnows they would spank them seven eight zero and now we're going and whatever Vila Franca whatever the hell it was last year Montalegre we, Montalegre and we're beating them like one zero struggling I mean we missed those Benficas right that's what we grew up on so under Bruno Lodge, that dominance has been has been brought back the confidence by the players um has been brought back and it's you know uh it's just you know. Well done all around.
2: Yeah. Let's I had uh, a
4: question before you move on. I had a question because I don't want to move on from this game. I, and again, I, Adrian, I'm not sure you, you've been listening to the podcast long enough. I like to stir up trouble, so don't <laughs> mind me. But I was was a little bit surprised, and I think I might have touched on this on the last podcast. I thought Samadis would have been uh, the starter this past weekend alongside Gabriel. I was surprised that it, it, it's, it's Florentino. Uh, he's a phenomenal young player, but... Due to the importance of uh, Samadi's last season, you saw how much he meant to this club down the stretch. I really thought he was coming into this season. They renewed him. I thought he was going to come into the season as that guy. And and, and, and Florentino was going to have to grab that spot from him throughout the year. Obviously, first game of the year, he's been thrown in there. Samadi's is the backup. Um, what do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, uh, let's go to, to you, Adrian. What what do you think of uh, these emerging young players? I mean, you got the case of Florentino, you got the case of Ferru. See,
4: the- you're putting it positive. I'm not putting it positive. No, no,
2: uh, but. No, but you, <laughs> that's you, why I didn't ask you to ask the but, question. But Adrian can can put his own spin on it. So, Ferru taking over Jardel's spot. Jardel's the yeah, captain. That's- been a long staple in Benfica's 11. And then Samarish, as with everything that Cristiano has mentioned, renewed him as important as he was at the the end of the, the last season. Uh, and now uh, we kind of see this kid taking over.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the question got a little derailed there. But <laughs> so to answer, I think, Cristiano's question, I was super surprised as well. I thought that Samarish was going to be the starting lineup. I don't think, was he even on the bench? He wasn't even in the squad. No. Was he? Yeah, he wasn't even in the squad, which was incredible to me, which doesn't make sense. But, uh, I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing to see all these guys from the academy getting into the starting lineup. I love seeing Florentino thriving out there. Feru, I mean, I love Jardel, but his time, it's it's, it's passed already. we got to move forward with Feru. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're asking if I like seeing all these young guys in the starting lineup, I think it's a great thing. I think that they proved – uh, in the second half of last season that they deserve to be there. I mean, I remember the game against, I think it was, uh, was it Dinamo Zagreb or something? Where Laj threw out this lineup with all well, these kids yeah, and yeah, Yubi starting, and Galatasaray. Adrian. Oh, Galatasaray, Galatasaray, that's it. First that
4: time you ever won in Turkey, by the way.
3: Yeah, there you go. And he threw out that lineup and I was thinking, what is going on? But I mean, they, they proved that they know what they're doing out there. And uh, throughout the, the home stretch of that season, they proved that they deserve the shot in this season as well. So thank you to Jardel. Um, But I mean, Samarish, I, I agree. I thought that he, when he renewed, finally, it took him so long to renew and then they finally did it. I thought that they were going to be like, he was going to be the guy in midfield. Um, So, it confused me what was going on with the Super tassa. Maybe he had a niggling injury that he just couldn't make it into the squad or whatever. But I, I think that with Gabriel being injured now, he'll, he has to be in yeah, there. Yeah, now right? I got no choice.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: but uh, I mean, look, if he was injured this past weekend against Spartan, that's fine. Obviously, he wasn't even on the team sheet. He might have been injured. But I'm just, I, I, I really thought that he would have been the guy inserting the starting 11 and Florentino well, was Why gonna, would you think that? Based on his importance yeah, – I, I, I put all that in my question.
2: Yeah, but based on that, but based on, on what you saw in the preseason, who got the most burned, did you really think that Samadis was now going to play 45 minutes yeah, or, pre-season. or 90 minutes when he hasn't played a, a whole game in the preseason? Preseason's
4: preseason. Yeah, but,
2: yeah, but you see that the, the guys – it's like a, it, they're training. They're they're playing together. Zlovin started to three
4: them. games, two games in the preseason. He's not the starting goalkeeper. A preseason's no, preseason. You can't – you can't compare goalkeepers uh, to, Does anybody, uh, to field players. I mean Steve, Dave, Alfredo just kind of like jumped on my question and took it a hold Do you guys see where I'm coming from, or am I the only one You're coming? From, sees it but here? But
2: from seeing what you saw in preseason, that, to me pre-season there, was no, nothing, it, there was no inkling I've been around that somebody in was going to play nothing. To, to start in the first game. Preseason is
1: I'm going to side slightly with Alfredo on this one. Between preseason, which I mm, followed – Somewhat lightly is the best way to say it. I think I watch a game, game and a half, uh, but between that and the performances on the pitch last year, I thought tinu had the spot and Gabriel had the spot if Gabriel was fit. Um, my where I was left surprised was seeing Samaris not in in the squad. Um, I thought if anybody was going to be left out of the squad, it'd probably be Fasa, given the Given the way the team has progressed since he's left, uh, given the fact that it seems like his days may or may not be numbered at the club and, and there's Turkish interest, I thought that would be the, the scratch. Uh, but the scratches were Servi, which is also uh, a very interesting uh, scratch, if you ask me. it looks like
4: he's on his way out.
1: Yeah. Uh, but in terms, I, I I think Samadis has a very important role to play um like i believe adrian just said with Gabriel now injured uh there is a handful of options not really a handful but there's two or three guys that could play that position um samadis is one of them uh samadis is always going to play a fair amount of football but given the Potential, but not even potential, but given the player that Florentino already is, and given the the difference between Gabriel and Samaris and what Gabriel can offer you that Samaris can't, I, I always thought some, saw Samaris as third option. Uh that's just me. Uh, Look, Gabriel but,
4: is miss midfielder by Barnon. Gabriel is the man. I mean, the guy yeah. been, will noticeably miss but, him when
1: he's injured. But Tinu is a much more intelligent footballer than Samaris is, even at his young age. Um, he recuperates a lot more balls in the midfield with a lot less fouls. Uh, he plays the ball to the right person in the right place at the right time. He does not necessarily have the vision that that gabriel has barely but, but he, he barely goes forward but that was the everyone's same argument with william carvalho many years ago barely goes forward but he's a good footballer dude and actually william carvalho is actually a, a lot I, more technically he's I, a, he's I, technically a better than florentino as i would, I, I, would
2: actually have think, to say. I actually
4: think florentino makes sense playing next to a Gabriel because Gabriel is the guy that's going to spread the ball and have the ball on his feet. And since that Florentino, I get it, but I just don't think he offers you much going forward. He's still young. He'll develop. And and I hope he doesn't offer
1: you much going forward, but that did face it. And that's where you're going. Now. I, I I wanted to spin a question on my own. Gabriel's gone for four to five weeks, given his short stint at Benfica so far, but with two knee injuries I, I, I don't want to be bad luck on him, or, or, or
4: they were both. I mean, they weren't both major. I mean, it's a knee injury. Wanna, I he missed three. It wasn't major, though.
1: I mean, keep an eye on it. I, I yeah. I'm a little bit worried about it. And here's my thing for you. I'm confident enough in Tino to say that he's he's the defensive midfielder on the team, or he's one of the two pivots, but he's the more defensive, midf- the more defensive one. I'm confident that he will be that for the rest of the league or the rest of the season. The question is who plays next to him and how often, and do you think it's Tarapt? Do you think it's Samaris? Do you think it's – I um, mean, now
4: with Gabriel being down. Who, yeah. with no, Gabriel's he's, healthy, is Gabriel, without a shadow. For sure, out. but
1: now given, the question is – Given the way the season's going to start, you're going to have to play uh, – a. Uh, a classic versus versus Porto without yeah. Gabriel. At how home. do you how do you at home? So I'll, how answer, do you, I'll answer it. At how do home you set against it up? Freira,
4: you might play Gabriel. I mean, you might I'm sorry. Take play that up. At home against Porto, Bar- you might play up, But yep. the game against Porto, you might play the two pivots side by side. Samadison, depends depends yeah. how how healthy somebody is. To me, the only co- conflicting thing with the whole Samaris thing is you resign the guy to four years. His salary is not a cheap salary. But it
2: he just, wants to stay. I, he I want, he wanted the club to he, him stay
4: he, as well. But you also don't want importance.
2: You don't want to undermine his importance in the locker room. Look, I yes. know why. Extra I know why Extra four lines. Go ahead. You, I, you, I, you know why Fluentity is playing. He's the next meal ticket. It's no, him and
4: it's ticket. it's him, Ferro, and and Diaz. They're the next tickets. And he's going to play, and they're going to have to. I think if he's close to somebody, they're going to play him. I think, I think, I think he's a tremendous ball hawk. I think he's tremendous coming back, and he's always in. Remember, Steve, we used to talk about Fezier back in the days when the guy was healthy. He was always in passing lanes. He was he was awesome at disrupting the
1: opponent's play. Okay, um, but he's Facer plus a guy when, when the ball no, came no, no, out Steve, of
4: Face's feet. But Steve, but it's different. But at the time, could, they didn't play two guys side by side.
1: Yeah, but one bit further, a lot further ahead.
4: So, Faja, at the time, he didn't have to do nothing. All he had to do is to stay back there. Now, when you're playing side by side, you're going to have to go forward. And those are my only question marks. Now, I'm just surprised, and let's move on, right? But I'm just surprised that a uh, Faja, a Samadis, a guy who played a tremendous, tremendous important part in Benfica winning the Campeonato last year down the stretch, I'm just surprised that he's Now relegated to being second fiddle. I know he did not play in preseason, but I've also seen a lot of guys playing preseason, resting the veterans because you know what you have in a veteran. The veteran is that player. He's consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him nine out of ten times. The youngsters, you like to play them, get experience because you want these kids to be ready when these other guys go down. I'm just surprised he's been already relegated to second fiddle first game of the season. Now, if he's not 100 percent, obviously, he wasn't even on the roster. So this right here could just be a mute point. Right. Could be a stupid question on my part because his injury answers the question. But it's it's something to keep an eye on. In my opinion,
2: that's it. Um. Anyway, let's let's shift gears. So uh, a good win by Benfica. I want I wanted to uh, and Steve, I know that it's getting late for you, man. Feel free <laughs> to stick around. If if not, you uh, we, we appreciate you coming on and everybody does. Um, but uh, I wanted to shift gears and, and turn our attention a little bit to uh, to Adrian because uh, he documented uh, his first ever Benfica game live. Um, I also want to talk to to him about and I'll, I guess I'll get right into it, uh, Adrian. Let me ask you when is, what's your earliest Benfica memory? Because I, I noticed it on a video that um, your dad coached the team that you played in. So you had that proximity with your dad, and certainly that exposure came from your dad.
3: Um, Yes and no. I mean, my dad was always a football fan, but he wasn't like a, uh, he didn't have a particular Portuguese team that he followed very closely. Um, but my first memory of football in general is. Well, clearest memory was watching Euro 2000 with my dad, watching Portugal play against France, and uh, Nuno Gomes scoring, and I and I saw Nuno Gomes score, and I think that he's sort of the gateway drug for a lot of Benfica's from my generation, him and uh, and Rui uh, Costa awesome. later on and stuff like that. So that was what got me started. And of course, he left for Fiorentina shortly after Euro 2000, but still, it was enough for me to get into Benfica, um, and then from there, I just, I mean, my. Both my avus are uh, sporting though so I don't know what happened to them. But uh, <laughs> but uh, from there, that's just where I fell in love. It was probably around 2000-ish or so. But uh, my dad sort of got into it right alongside with me. So we sort of got into it together. And uh, ever since then, we've been watching as many games as we can together. Of course, I moved to Montreal, so we weren't able to watch as many games together anymore. But um, uh, yeah, that's that's where it started for me. So, so talk
2: to us about how this whole opportunity of of you going and watching Bifika live, how that came about. When did you first find out that you were able to do it? What what was some of the planning behind it, and uh, just your feelings in general, being there and being in awe of a team that you watched on TV all this time, and now you're getting a chance to watch them live?
3: Yeah, exactly. It's uh, so basically every time that Benfica came to North America in the past, I feel like almost every single game has been on the East coast and me me being on the West coast, it's a little bit harder to make it out there, especially when you're in, you know, you're in high school and you're in university, you don't exactly have the spare money to go over and catch a game. So, um, when I heard that the schedule was coming out again for this summer, I was a little bit nervous because I'm moving back to Montreal. I know it's confusing. It sounds like I'm constantly (laughs) here, then there, then here, then there again, but I'm moving back to Montreal this summer. So I knew that I had that move to uh, sort of worry about, and I didn't know if I'd have the money to do it. But I, uh, through my YouTube channel, I've made a great connection with a football app called OneFootball, and they were kind enough to, um, to ask if I'd be interested in going to any of the ICC matches. And I said, yeah, of course I'd love to. Um, and they said, well, there's a game on the West coast. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But they said there's a game on the West coast, which of course I knew about already. And so I said, I'd be more than interested. I think that my, uh, my community would be interested in seeing me experience, my first game to go and so they sent me down to Santa Clara to go catch Chivas versus uh, Benfica and um, it was an extremely surreal experience it was so 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 crazy because after all these years of watching them on tv or watching them through streams or on looking at them on social media or whatever to see these players in the flesh in front of you for that first time to see the to see the kit live in front of you on actual players not on your buddy from down the street it was it was wild and the fact that I got field access which is a really really lucky I'm very fortunate to have that um, made it even wilder because I was able to walk around by the benches go behind the goals etc so when they scored that first goal i mean if if anyone's seen my video you can see that sort of emotion that years of release just sort of come out of me at that point so um yeah it was i think it to put it into one word it was just a surreal experience for me
2: that's awesome and uh like you mentioned not a lot of guys get and we spoke to quite a few guys uh all this past uh couple weekends ago in foxborough and harrison and there's a lot of guys that don't get the chance to go to portugal every year or even every two years or every three years so when befika comes around uh it's a great uh, very emotional moment uh for them, and I, I completely understand uh, where you're coming from. And I, you could, if you haven't watched it yet, uh, go on YouTube, uh, search Rabona TV, and their uh, the Adrian's video is that. But you could really tell by by what you were documenting uh, and how you were describing it that there's a there's a certain level of elevated uh, emotion, if you will. Uh, as you're recording this and as you experience experiencing this firsthand, I I felt that Cristiano uh, and and I we get press credentials all the time. I just felt that it was odd that you had press credentials, but yet you have a Benfica shirt on. So it's not like you're you're biased. You're there for, for to cover a team, Benfica, which you also happen to be a fan of.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I think that some of the people in the crowd were like, who the hell is this guy every time Benfica scored? Because every time Benfica scored, I'd be running behind the goal, celebrating. Um, even Benfica's social media guy was behind in the same area with me. And every time he, he was looking at me like, who is this dude? With like a Benfica shirt on, celebrating completely partial to Benfica. So it was uh, – <laughs> and then – Of course, standing in front of all the Shivas fans when we scored that goal four minutes in, it was, oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: That was good that you got to capture both sides, right? Because that is content for your viewers, right? So if it was all one-sided, probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been uh, as interesting for your viewers from in in terms of being impartial, if you will, even though you're wearing a Bafika jersey.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I and I got to give credit to the. I mean, of course, Shivas are going to have a huge following in California with the massive Mexican community out there. But um, they were loud; they had really good fan base. I'm sure it was the complete opposite side of the coin over on the East Coast for all the Benfica's games. I'm sure it was just packed with the Portuguese there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in Harrison, uh, because it was a weekday, not so much, but uh, the one in yeah. Foxborough definitely uh, packed to. Uh, to some of what I expect, my expectancy. Um, anything else you wanted to add about this this trip? Are you looking forward to to more trips? Um, do you have any trips planned to go to start to lose at one point?
3: So Benfica TV, actually some guy from there, reached out to me after seeing my video and saying that they, it made them very emotional seeing someone so far away being so passionate about the team and not having seen them after some supporting them for almost two decades. And so they basically said, whenever you want, if you come and you make it out to Lisboa, you don't need to worry about tickets, Uh, which is, (laughs) I mean, it was crazy enough seeing myself on Benfica TV and then to have someone offer tickets to see the team that I've been supporting for so long. It just made me cry immediately. Um, (laughs) So basically the plan is for my dad and I, because he's never seen, I mean, he's only been back to Portugal, like, once since he left in the 60s so um so we're gonna head over to uh lisbon this season and we're gonna try and time it so that we catch him on a week where there's champions league midweek and then a game on the weekend and just make the most of it man
2: yeah for sure man i know those uh those are very uh good memories to have especially uh from from a club like you said he's been supporting for for such a long time uh switching gears now and dave you've been quiet for quite some time we have Pas Ferreira to open up uh, the league. Uh, sold out uh, crowd over at Stadio Luz. Benfica has already announced it. Saturday, 9.30 local against Paso Ferreira. Uh, what's going on? What is Paso or, or Tell us about Paso Ferreira. I know that we don't have a lot of league to, to talk of, uh, but they did play seven preseason matches, three wins, one loss, three ties. But I'll, I'll let you get into uh, more of the numbers.
0: Yeah, for sure. So they uh, finished first and second division last year under uh, Vitor Oliveira, who seems to always have that magic with uh, bringing clubs up to uh, first division. He's not their coach uh, this season. He was uh, with Gil Vicente, who's also uh, been promoted. So, uh they have a new coach, uh, Fiu. And Filo. Uh, they. Filo? Filo? Dave, it's that last Filo. name?
4: Dave. That last name is magic, baby.
0: Filo. No, Oliveira. Filo. Filo. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that Vitor Oliveira. Yes, for sure. He's uh, our uncle, right? <laughs> no, Steve. <laughs> no, Steve. Yeah. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, we've played uh, 48 matches against Pache We've won 39 uh, games, drawn five, lost four. In the past uh, 10, eight wins, one draw, one loss. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what type of uh, season they have, if they Keep up uh, and stay up in the first division this year if they drop back down. But uh, this should be a, an easy match for Benfica playing at home to open up the season.
2: Yeah, so I guess uh, I could give, I could go around. There's I, again, there's not much history that we can talk about in terms of the Paso Figueira preview. Yeah, it is. It's a capital do Movel. capital do Movo, but it's played in Estádio Luz. Um, no, just, <laughs> let me just let me just go around the room, I guess. Uh, and since we're we're about to start the the season. Uh, I'll start with you, Cristiano. Um, what are your expectations from the season? Uh, and <laughs> I asked this question. I, I was going to say, were what, what you interviewing
4: me for Bifiki <laughs> TV,
2: like you did at the game? No, but uh, let's get. What's the, your expectations? Let's, Who's going to wear number ten? Let's get the, <laughs> the the. Let's get the the season started. Uh, with you giving uh, uh what, what? your expectations are, and maybe at the end of the season we can Campeões, come back to. Caralho. But and, what else am I going to say, Campeões. Right. What do you think about Europe? I I think that's still going to be a very
4: touchy subject. Again, Benfica always makes things very interesting for us Benficistas because we don't know if they will indeed do what we all, Benficistas, hope that they do, which is prioritize European competitions. Benfica, you saw it last year when they went into Frankfurt. They were there with a 4-2 lead, right? With an opportunity to go through, but it was kind of like, okay, we go through, great. We go home, great. Who cares? We want to win the Campeonato. And it's and it's a question that I don't think any of us here on this panel could really answer, which is, are they going to take this competition serious as a Benficista, as as a Portuguese, Portuguese, you guys say it up there, Portuguese, and that's, Portuguese. In, that, that's in Boston, Portuguese, uh, I, I would I would love for my Fika to go ahead and have one of these A- 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 ax runs and you know and and show the rest of the world how how you know how what kind of football that we practice the our, our beautiful academy the type of products and players that we're producing every single year it, it it'd be absolutely beautiful but again if the club is gonna go out there and play the Putus and you know and and, and tough away games and really prioritize the game on the weekend over the game in the middle of the week. What are you going to do? Hopefully they take it serious. I would like to Benfica to at least um, make it out of the group stage. But we don't even know what the drawings are right now. It's a little bit early. I'll just My only wish as a Benfica is that they take the competition seriously and they put their best effort forward.
2: Well, I mean, you would hope with some of the surgical buys that we've had and strengthening, and deepening the squad that now we have enough depth to quite, play. Why
4: surgical?
2: Well, you got Chiquinho. I thought Chiquinho was That's was surgical? That's surgical for, for a PT spot. Put uh, up more deals. You got some that we just resigned. signed.
4: Surgical is two guys, and you don't even know what they're going to no, give you. Chiquinho but, is surgical. That's not surgical. That's it's, a guy you went to get back that he, you messed up. You f- effed up by letting him go. No. But he, yes. is he not a good
2: addition to the team?
4: Yeah, but he's not surgical. Surgical is a guy, Alfredo. Let me explain. Who did we have that could play in PT's role? My man. Let me explain something. Answer that. Let me ex- let me explain something to you. All right, my man. Let me explain to you. Surgical is someone that comes in and is a starter. That's surgical. Now you're oh, deep. Surgical for depth. You're, de- you're deepening the bench. Fantastic. That's not surgical. Surgical is you go out to 20 million on Ruth Mash. That guy's supposed to that's surgical, Alfredo. Okay. Everybody
2: else is just strengthening the, the bench. Not surgical.
4: Martelado then. Oh is more like it. But the only surgical guy right now that you can is Roldan Tomas and you like to think for seventeen million. Vinicius is another one, but right now, where the hell is Vinicius going to play? He's a striker. He's not going to play over Tumaz, he's twenty million, and he's not going to play over Svetovic because the guys' is the leader scoring Portugal. So I, I don't know what the hell that's about.
2: Adrian, your expectations for the season, both Adrian's like, what did I get myself? Domestically, both <laughs> domestically and uh, and European.
3: Well, I think like everyone, we uh, we expect that thirty eight. Um, anything less would, I wouldn't say feel like a failure, but it's expected at this point with the state that the other two are in. Um, I think I would like to see us win one of the domestic cups as well. And uh, like Cristiano said, I want us out of the group stage. I think that we can make at least quarterfinals in the champions league with the team that we have. We may not have a lot of surgical signings that we made, but we did get that strength and depth. I hope at least it seems like it. So, I mean, that strength and depth should allow you to be able to have strong enough replacements to play on the weekend so that you can focus on those games midweek.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, look, if you look at the forward line last year, we had Seferovic and we had Joan Felix. Who? Who else? Did- Jonas. Oh, Jonas. Jonas a They came in. Those yeah, were- they, they got that, shipped out at that the. Was last that's came in on.
4: January. We're talking about. You said last season at this time last year okay. we had five strikers. I, I understand. And, and, and the last one on the pecking order was Joan Felix. I understand. Hey, what- wait, 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 wait. Let me wait, let me correct. <laughs> the last one on the pecking order well, was Sferovik uh, because he was pensado.
2: Listen <laughs> to me, it's right? Deep. Okay, but listen to Thank me. You see- all right, but but listen to me. What what I wanted I wanted to take it back at the time that Laj took over the team, there was not enough depth to be in both competitions. Now you have depth. You have depth in the forward line, you have depth in midfield line, you have depth in the back. You have depth now to to not say we gotta prioritize one or the other. I you don't want to
4: go with this one? I
2: don't
0: know.
4: Dude, I, don't I don't know, know how, if it's know more how about
0: deep.
2: It. We are
0: I mean, we got Alfredo.
4: three new players this year, Alfredo. I don't know, I don't know
0: do it. if it's a more about depth, or we don't we didn't have the ability, the uh, luxury of, uh, we had a tough league, we didn't have uh, points to spare, and we could rest the guys. Uh, so I don't know if it was more about depth or the luxury of of uh, putting out a B side uh, squad in the Primera Liga and and playing our starting eleven for Europe uh, on Thursday or Wednesday.
4: We were eight points behind, so then we had to play everybody. The, the only guys that could play was the only guys are going to play. Guys that going to give us assurances. You're saying we have this so much depth this year. We brought in. We have depth. Okay. We've brought in from last year's roster, right? We lost. Jonas played half a season, but he's still a guy that you know when he's when he played, he was going to give you something. He lost he lost the incredible Juan Felix, right? Two. Hold on. Okay.
2: And we brought in three. So where's this we crazy depth? bring de- three. How did you bring three? Name them. I hold it Tomás? One, okay. Uh, Vinicius, <laughs> he hasn't even played two. But nobody Tomas. Knows
4: T- Tomas, he promoted
2: him from. Within. It doesn't matter. Uh, you brought him in. You added depth to yeah. the right back position. You added depth. Buoy. To the left back position. <laughs> you got rid of Yuri Ribeiros. God bless his soul. Good luck in England. Don't and you, get cold. And you up and
4: and, and you prom, and you got rid of him and you brought in Tavares in this place. Fine. Okay. Fine. That's the, b- anyway, that's the biggest improvement. We didn't no, spend, we no, didn't all of spend
2: money. We didn't no, spend money, no, but no. we, we definitely. Okay, we, but keep going. Keep going. It's four. He's named four. Bye. Bye.
4: That's four. That's part of the four. Vinicius, Raul, Tomás, and Tavares. That's four.
2: Cadiz. Come on. Put a
0: Lucas. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. There's a. Oh, yeah. We have a message. you. This
4: week. He's, hurt. He's, hurt. <laughs> He's hurt. Yes, he is. Bro.
2: Dave, uh, what expectations on the season, both domestically and, uh,
0: and in Europe? Uh, I think we shouldn't fall asleep on Shikingu. Uh, I know we've mentioned that uh, Gabriel's gone uh, down, and uh, we've mentioned Samaris and uh, Tarapta as possible replacements, but uh, don't yeah. fall asleep on Shikingu in that position as well. Uh, was really impressed with what he did uh, last season for Moriens, so uh, don't be asleep uh, on Chiquinho this season as well.
1: Yeah, Steve. Well, the three competitions in Portugal, I, I expect and hope we win. Uh, the European thing kind of depends on what the draw gives you uh, to start off with. You can, you could end up with a really difficult draw, and doesn't matter what team you put out there.
4: We might be in pot three this year. Let's not forget.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't matter what team you put out there, you're gonna be. You might be inferior for all all your matches. So it is. Europe is what Europe is, and that's how that goes. I'm interested to see how. I, I'm pretty confident we will be champions. I'm interested to see how we become champions. How the every team every year is. It, it, it kind of grows and, and and forms new shapes, etc. I'm interested to see. Raul Utmash and Seferovic, if it ends up staying that way, Um, the double pivot that we're we're using now, how it may evolve with Gabriel there or not there, that's what I'm interested to see.
4: Steve, I'm pretty comfortable in guessing we're going to be champs by scoring more goals than the opposition. I'm pretty comfortable
1: saying that. But tactically, the changes that happen tactically throughout the year, the way the team gels and grows, the battery is about to die on the camera.
2: (laughs) That's okay. Keep going.
1: But that that's that's what I'm really interested on is is the way the team evolves. I mean, the, the team that Rui Vittoria left to the team that finished the season was like night and day. And obviously there's a coach and there's a reason for that, but I, I'm still curious as to as to how the, the the team will develop.
2: Yeah. No. Steve, let me ask you another question. Uh how's your life been without the podcast?
1: Boring. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh I miss it on many occasions, uh, but life is life, and I haven't been able to watch all the football that I would like to, so I didn't feel like I would be giving a good contribution if I wasn't watching games.
2: So. Yeah, that's what I kept telling people, that you didn't feel that uh, you are going to spend enough time uh, analyzing and to be able to give you a contribution. So, so
4: we can put aside the rumor that Steve and I got had a, a rift, rift in, in
1: Yeah, man, I can't stand you.
4: We had a riff, riff in the locker room, right? We could put that aside.
1: <laughs> no, what, was that riff?
2: Riff? what was that riff between Jonas and the the Argentinian guy? He set that the he... Car on fire. <laughs>
4: Yo, but look, whatever happened Fika. <laughs> so uh, but, uh, Banega, Banega, not yeah. Banega. it, yeah, uh, So Steve and I, we're good. I love you, Steve.
0: Welcome back. I'm glad to have you on. Same thing with you, Adrian and Primo. It's
4: always a pleasure. Yeah, bro.
0: it's all it was all money, wasn't it, Steve? The contract, holds. yeah, it. man.
1: I, I well, held up for my money. I'll be back this year because I'm making twice as much.
0: No, Steve said. Whoa, whoa, that, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, I gotta sit
1: down and the <laughs> coach. <laughs> That's how the rift all started. Chris came uh, in, the- took all my glory, all my cash, and now.
2: Yeah, the the truth is that Steve said, uh, as long as Rui Vitória is uh, is the coach of this team, I will never be on your podcast. <laughs>
0: That's more believable. <laughs> that's <is>
1: very believable. <laughs> um, of all anyway. the theories of why I was gone, that's the most believable.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Just a just a, uh, as, uh, as Adrian mentioned, uh, Benfica is being linked to Jonathan David. But the reason why I wanted to bring Jonathan David is we got a lot of hate mail last week from our Canadian fans. Uh, just hating on Cristiano for not knowing that there's a professional Canadian soccer league. Uh, do you I know... What team? What team Rocks Jonathan Yikes? Jonathan Dave, Jonathan David came from? Yes. Come on. You going to ask a football encyclopedia? <laughs> <Yeah>. A football <laughs> encyclopedia, Where did he come from? Uh the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> it was close. The Ottawa Internationals. You yeah, got
1: the Look Ottawa that. You got the city the right. He, I, I read it on Bola today. He was one step ahead of me because I didn't even know he was Canadian until you guys started talking. Steve, you didn't
2: know that there was a there I, was a professional I, league in
1: Canada. I didn't. And
2: you live in Canada. Yeah.
1: I don't watch North American sports. You guys know this already. I watch MLS. I don't watch, MLS, Dave, so I don't watch MLB, going. NBA, NHL, whatever you want to call it. I don't watch any of them. So.
2: Dave, get with the folks at the Canadian Professional Soccer League and tell them they're doing a bad job of publicizing their league. They, well, they, don't, they
0: don't they don't they don't broadcast it on uh public tv you got to get a subscription app really
2: is done. it like uh yes. it's like that those uh those shows on on local cable that they do them like in
0: a basement not category? not even not even it's a paid subscription uh app wow. not even on the uh cbc up here it was
4: on the channel where the guy does the painting of the mountains <laughs> bob, bob, ross, bob ross pbs <laughs>
0: Yeah, PBS. Yeah, on that
2: channel. That's really good. public public service. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That one. Well, um, it's it's been uh, great fun, and we're a little already past uh, an hour and, and ten minutes, so we're we'll, we're gonna start uh, saying uh, goodbyes. First of all, Adrian, much appreciated um, for 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 coming on, and and tell everyone where they could where they could find you, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter
3: yeah well first off thank you for having me on this is uh like you said it's been good fun um so if anyone wants to find me if they are too sick of hearing about me yet you can find me on uh, youtube at rabona tv um and then on twitter as well rabona underscore tv and then instagram as well rabona dot tv so any of those you'll be able to reach me
2: yeah that's awesome don't forget to uh to check out adrian uh i'm i'm i assure you that the follow on youtube is uh is very worthy because it's it's visual stimulation on Twitter. I'm I'm not sh- sold on Twitter. I I don't even know uh what I could take from Twitter to be honest with you, uh. But Instagram and and all that stuff is great. Cristiano could be found at ten co ten uh on Twitter everywhere. Uh, Dave. Everywhere uh, and your bedroom and everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Dave eighty uh, at eighty seven do eighty seven at Steve Sento six. Don't forget the six. Uh, and at Benfica Podcast is where you can find us on um, on Twitter. Also, the podcast is now on Instagram. Brun, call that Murada, pa? No, at Benfica underscore podcast. Yeah. Guys, like I he, amador, he gonna, when I call on him, he's he, he's... Uh, he's a mamador, Pusses. amateur. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's been uh, good fun. I don't know if you guys wanted to uh, send uh, any shout outs. Steve, you wanted to send a shout out to your wife for letting you do the podcast tonight? Yeah, I'm
1: on it. Let's get on that right now.
2: He's just shout out to his <laughs> kids for going to bed early.
1: And True staying bad. asleep, number it's one. Crazy, staying man.
2: asleep. Dave. Ciao.
0: Ciao. Ciao bella. Arriva ciao. What
1: is how, man? how did that go again?